This is Road Noise Podcast. Ah, I remember on the first time that it was a podcast. This is Eddie Reinhardt, your host for Road Noise Podcast. Usually, um, podcasts are informative with a wealth of valuable information, learning, uh, building yourself up better entertainment about social events mm, reviews on books music and other fine arts uh, and about just really cool stuff but that's not what this is this is me on the road and what thoughts may impede my brain with sincerity, lightheartedness, and one thing is you would have to know to really enjoy this is I'm not that serious always. Pretty I'm serious. Um, I'm often serious. I'm often not serious. I take the Bible seriously, God seriously, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Uh, I take my prayer serious. I do not take televangelists seriously. It's a, it's a slippery slope for me because the way they are such powerful public speakers. And the Lord said, He rained down upon me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. But it's uh it's interesting from the aspect even if you think about pulp fiction. Um you know when he quotes the Bible verse that wasn't a Bible verse, but I would imagine people watching it, especially people not familiar with the Bible, are like, oh, hey, that's a cool Bible. And I lay my hand down. But it's not a Bible verse. It might have been loosely based off a couple and reconstructed, but it just sounded holy and good and righteous. But it really wasn't. It was, uh... Just a made-up lines. And so... When we watch televangelists, we think... These people are fake. They're phony. Other people want to buy the seed of life for $10. Um, some people really do get motivated by these folks. It means it's just a constant struggle for me, like... I have a friend, a really dear friend, that works for a local televangelist. Um, probably one of the larger, more financially successful of the bunch. And uh, don't judge him for that, first of all, because that's that's not what I'm going here with. And... Uh, so I said, 
how do you do it? Like, how do you justify doing that? You know, like, you're solid, man of faith. You know, we chop it up and, you know, dig deep into the Bible. and Iron sharpens iron and all this stuff. And I'm like, how does it work for you? Like, how do you... How do you feel? Like, how do you... Basically, how do you sleep at night working for this man? And I will say, one, he works indirectly with him. Like, uh, for... A church that really doesn't... uh, Not that often or anything, I guess. I don't know how to explain that. But anyway, he said... You know, if a man's bringing people to God, then who am I to judge his ways? And, yeah, I don't, like, how do you, so, Billy Graham, who was an amazing, awesome man of God, who was solid, solid solid family man talk about like walk what you talk walk it like you talk it and just being really the person you say you are and a complete faithful man of Christ I mean I can't say enough about him and he brought a whole lot of people to God I got to see him once in Buffalo, I was a young wee lad, and let me tell you, that man, woo, woo, I wanted to go to heaven, firm enough, but yet friendly enough and welcoming, but just really balanced and really good, now, I'm, you know, sure he didn't financially struggle, but... I also feel like he made a lot of good choices and did a lot of good things with what he had. Um, So, if you're buying a jet and asking people to help you raise money for buying a jet and you're bringing people to God or wait, maybe it's your third jet or whatever it is. And the same thing with a lot of them. They justify their financial status on books and video sales and all that. So I guess I can't judge that in the way of saying it's not taking from the hands of the people. But yet when you call 1-900-1-800 fundraisers and love offerings and all that stuff and how that's allocated or... I don't know. It's 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 rough, and I'm not I'm not gonna say what. So I don't know. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna be chilling with these people in heaven or I won't see them. I don't know. But it's just something to think about. Like this is something I just want you to think about. Like all the different angles of of it, and I think about that one. Uh, that movie. I can't think of the name of it. With uh, old Woody in it and uh, 
Paradise by the Dashboard Lights was in the, one of the songs. I don't know, he's a televangelist. He'd go to town, snake oil and stuff. And, and that was kind of like how I really viewed the televangelist. And like the image kind of got ingrained in my head of just those type of things going on. And it's a uh, thing. So, like, you're bringing people to God, but you're taking money from people. You aren't maybe for say you are. Let's rephrase it. You are quote unquote following the Ten Commandments. Um, you're following the Ten Commandments and. what like you're still doing the stuff with money you're bringing people to God you're building houses you're for poor people in the community you're providing jobs for poor people in the community and yet you just have so much wealth coming in you don't know what to do with it I mean do you really need couple hundred million in the bank do you really need a million here a million there um or do you go and buy shelters and keep on building i don't know like i guess my thing would be this is all right so if it was meant to be for someone to be prosperous to the point where they have just a sickening amount of money would if you built organizations and charities and foundations and homeless shelters and rehabs, I don't know, like, just if you just kept on pouring that out to help people, to employ people, would you just not get more money if it was the right thing? Uh, this comes to my mind, like, Okay, I have all this wealth. I have all these things. God has got me to this point. I think, you know, I guess is what they... Hey, God's providing for me because I'm doing all these good things. That's like a common story. So, okay, God, God's doing that. And then now you... uh, What? What do you do with the money? Do you sit on it? Do you buy or build a seven million dollar house where would the limit be what would the cutoff be for you like if you went to your pastor's house how nice would you want it to be that's a serious question like how nice should your pastor's house be? how nice should your pastor's car be should you ride around in a 79 pinto unreliable family's carriage is whatever uh car seats are old and duct tape donations all the clothes and the kids are all from salvation army and goodwill and what i go like what do you want that to look like do you want it to be in an unsafe neighborhood so you don't have a safe place to go to and for them i mean i, I just trying to 
like in a in a lower income place that the schools were maybe not as educated and as high quality as they could be is it the pastor is supposed to live in the area of the demographic of his church maybe and to stay at that demographic I mean do you say your pastor had three kids okay no, let me change that number let's say five because I don't want to be the same number say your pastor had five kids and you went over for yard work day and you opened up his fridge and you saw like nothing like the food was old he had really no food he you looked in the you know in the box storage pantry place and it all was kind of just eh, like just enough you know like there was rice they were cooking rice and gravy for lunch and canned soup for dinner I, and i don't know i'm just like making this up to paint this picture so i'm painting this picture of just like pastor is getting by and he's getting by because of the lack of money he's taking and accepting from the church so he's only getting x he's only taking x his bills and his things outweigh that not because of irresponsibility not because of anything like just because he's working with what he has or she has and she's making the best decisions for her family then that's that's not cool to me I don't think that'd be pleasant with anybody so let's say you go and it's a little better or you go and they have filet mignon they have you know fresh fish and crabs and sacks of oysters and a couple cases of beer you know uh, a mini wine cellar uh, just junk food drawers and you know everything's just you know oak I mean dark polished marble countertops and all this stuff and just two or three cars they got the yard people there cutting the grass they got uh, some additions going on with a couple contractors whatever you know and this is kind of like the higher extreme where you're just like hmm eh, mm, okay we got 200 people that go to church church finances da, 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 mm. and you know it's it's hard not to judge that right but then what if let's just put like a super corkscrew into it and say well the family donated that house they inherited that house with a whole bunch of money and inheritance and they gave part of their inheritance to the church and you know exceeded the percentage that they should have and they did all these things and they previously owned a software tech company and they sold it and they donated half the money and the other half of the money they just set themselves up with this nice place and they're turning around and re-putting in the offering plate their salary anonymously like you just i guess we don't know and that's the thing like the money part of that is just 
really a tricky place, I guess. And, you know, hey, this is the lifestyle those people live forever, and they have money that has nothing to do with the church, so they're supposed to sell everything or give it to the other pastor that has, you know, the challenges and the larger family. I I don't know. It's, it's just stuff to think about. Like, I don't know. Let's think about all this. Have fun. Okay. Uh, that is good God bless y'all have uh, a great evening say your prayers take your vitamins and uh, road noise podcast coming to you live alright adios it's not live after I post it but I recorded it live Huh, okay.